Welcome back to Exquisitely Aligned. I'm your host, Gina Meyer-Vincent, and I am so excited to introduce you to my friend across the world in Bangkok, Thailand. I have to tell you that stepping out of my comfort zone and starting a podcast has led me to meet some amazing people doing amazing things around the world. And this is one of them. I was able to be on his show and we connected, I think, in so many ways that I thought we have to get back together. And this time you're, you need to come to my end of the world, right? Literally. Yes. So here we are. And I want to introduce you to Arnie Anil. He is somebody you are going to want to write their name down and remember and listen in because he is much younger than I am. I'm never going to ask you your age, Arnie, but I am 54. So I know I'm a lot older than you. Although most days I feel like I'm younger than 54, but it's, it's so lovely to be across from somebody who is, you know, probably decades younger than I am, but light years ahead in ways of thinking than a lot of maybe the people you might bump into in the world. So I'm going to read you just a little bit. As an HR professional, Arnie works as an independent people and organizational development consultant. He has worked in the capacity of an HR advisor, a vice president, an assistant director, a senior division manager. Now, remember, he's younger than I am, a division <laughs> manager, an education development manager in different HR functions in different types of organizations, including retail, which that's where I started my career, hospitality, manufacturing, and trading for almost 20 years. But he's only 18. No. <laughs> 17. <laughs> 17. Yes. Sorry, I'm aging you, Arnie. As an educator, Arnie works as a visiting lecturer in undergraduate and graduate schools, teaching public speaking, business presentation, human resources, management, and psychology for work. He has been teaching English to students and professionals for more than 20 years and has functioned as a head teacher. Arnie also works as a freelance sexuality coach and consultant. He provides sexuality and intimacy consultations and coaching for individuals and couples. He facilitates training, courses, and webinars on sexuality. As a public speaker, Arnie has been a semifinalist in the World Championship of Public Speaking in the USA. Okay, remember, told you he is in Thailand, but this is in the USA and Canada. He has won championships in international speech contests, evaluation speech, and impromptu speech contests in Asia. He has delivered workshops and educational speeches at various events in Thailand, Cambodia, Canada, Myanmar, Philippines, USA, Vietnam, and Zimbabwe. Arnie is the podcast host, and that's how I met him, of Arnie's class on Spotify, which is also available on YouTube via Arnie, Arnie Ch Anil channel. Let me say that one more time. Also available on YouTube via Arnie Anil channel and the author of You Can Be a Champion Too. And he here is my dear friend from across the world over many continents and oceans. 
And he is a champion, I want to say in so many ways, of being yourself and a champion of living life to its fullest. And I think that's what um, makes me admire you so much, Arnie, and be happy to have you as a guest here. So welcome. I'm delighted to sit across from you this morning. Thank you very much for that introduction. And much as I want to reveal my age, probably I'll tell you after this <laughs> and you'll be surprised you'll be surprised okay, okay. well i need to eat what you're eating because your skin and everything <laughs> is fantastic but it's um it's so delightful to have conversations that go deep that give a voice to things that we may not normally speak about and i think you're all about that right the last thing we heard was about being a sexuality coach which i think is something right um you don't talk about politics you shouldn't talk about religion shouldn't talk about sex right so um let's not talk about politics or religion but let's talk about your journey because um i and i'll share afterwards an experience that i had that was so shocking to me how differently, I mean, I, I think Arnie, you and I spoke before about this, um, that about being put into a box at birth. And I think you called it a crib. And I was like, what think about that box? And that we're supposed to be these people that maybe, I don't know, our, our families expect or our society, our school, our teachers our world, I like to say, and that depends on how big your world is. Arnie and I's world is the world over. And and for me, that's very fun. But I love the fact, Arnie, that you, in, I hope you take this as a compliment, you don't fit the mold of being put into a box. Yes, oh, I, I. that's a compliment. And thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> and thank you for being that because we we are vulnerable right when we're outside of that protection that society gives us by being part of a very firm rigid clan and when you step out of that comfort zone things come about so i'd love for you to talk about that and then i want to get into one of the fun things i want to discuss with arnie today cuz i think it's important for people to hear that we don't have to have just one you know, go to school, get an education, get a degree of whatever or multiple degrees and have one career. And that's something I want to this. So part two of what we'll be talking about. So Arnie, tell me in your own words, like what that is like for you personally and, and what you've seen with your clients and, and your students and your, um, your, your life mates, you know, how, how does that appear? Actually, it's, let, let me start with the story about my discovery of not this it's it's an interesting story first of all when i was young i always wanted to be a doctor you know that common question with sure. the young kids what do you want to be when you grow up <laughs> every time people will ask you that question and when i was young my answer was always consistent i wanted to be a doctor that's yeah. it a medical doctor and it didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> I took nursing in my bachelor degree. Mm -hmm. 
And one in one of our presentation, it's a group presentation, and I was presenting something because it's part of being a nurse. You should be able to present to your yeah. patients, absolutely. Especially if you work in in the clinic or in the, in the community service. And my instructor comfortably with confidence told me that why are you here you are supposed to take education and be a teacher <laughs> i hated her i was like what i wanted to be a doctor and now i'm frustrated <laughs> i'm doing nursing and now you're telling me that i'm supposed to be a teacher <laughs> and you know what i that that comment Yes. I only realized and remember that when I became a teacher. Yeah. And so um, for me, sometimes I think things that like shock us or piss us off. I like to say, I get, what? Why are you telling me this? I I think that those are moments can be, if we let them, defining moments of this is maybe not what I was expecting to hear, maybe not what I wanted to hear, but maybe what I needed to hear. Yes. And um, and how that little seed that was planted that day, then you realize, what did you say? When you, Only when you became this. Yes, it took me, oh my goodness, probably let's say more than 10 years Yeah, that I realized that, oh, I remembered her and that comment, it was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Ah, why I didn't listen. And, and I actually looked back and saw how I was prepared to become a teacher, a trainer, yes. to, to this kind of career. Right. Everything was actually right. And it was the path that moved yeah. me to become a teacher, trainer, speaker. Yeah. That's why I was thinking that probably that's why I did become a doctor because right. the different plan there's there's a different path for me I, I don't want to call it a destiny because I believe that experience is not just something that happened to us but yes. experience is something that what you do with what happened to you right 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 yes I love that repeat that one more time go ahead say it again yes for me I believe that experience is not just something that happens to you experience is what you do with what happened to you yes. because if I was experiencing this to become a teacher and molding me to become one if I did respond to that appropriately, accordingly, I don't think I will be in this career. Right. And with your question, how is it with the people around me? I always see people or I always hear them talking that I wanted to be an engineer. I wanted to be like this. I wanted to be like that. I always encourage them, please, especially those students who are entering the university and yes. thinking of, what will be the degree that I'm going to do? What do you say? And I always tell them that, please, just choose the one that you think you like. Yeah. But for your career, no one can really tell you what will happen after you have that degree. Right. And that's um, such a great conversation. My daughter, our daughter is 16. So she's at that point in her junior year of high school of, you know, thinking of colleges. And I was like, before we start even thinking of colleges, let's think about what your gifts are and what you'd like to explore. And, you know, I think sometimes, so I'll, I'll share the, the little story. Uh, when my son was similar age that my daughter is now, he's now 20 and, and in college, a junior in college. But um, 
we were invited to a friend of his house to have dinner with his parents who were lovely people. And um, it was fascinating to me just how differently he thought than I did as a dad to his son. They had one child, same age as our son, same high school, a very gifted uh, child, uh, well-spoken, you know, you could see that he was going to be up to good things in the world, you know, positive things. And so when the dad asked my son, what would you like to do? And he's, or where would you like to go to school? Which is a big question here, right? So um, my son said, well, it depends on what I study. You know, if I study engineering, I'm interested in this school. If I do this, I'm interested in that school. And if I do this, you know, and so, <laughs> and, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what he was going to say, but you could see he got like, you know, puffed up his shirt and was ready to give some profound information. So I, we all kind of perked up and leaned forward and he looked at my son and he said, you cannot be a jack of all trades. You need to pick one thing for your life. And I thought this child is 16, 17 years old. In my opinion, in I don't know about the schools in Bangkok, Arnie, but here in, here in the schools, um, you don't get exposure to careers. We learn basic things, math, social studies, science, English. I don't even know what they call it these days, but you know, the foundational things not not how do I use this in a career? What are my gifts and talents? What do I want to explore? Why am I drawn to medicine? Not me, but you. You know, for me, I was <laughs> in the fashion industry. I was not drawn into medicine at all. And, you know, I, I just sat there and I was lucky because I had a glass of red wine because I thought, oh my gosh, I need to be polite. I need to keep my mouth shut. I'm in someone else's house as a guest. They don't know me very well, but I could tell my family knew me and they were like, oh, this goes again. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I took a sip of wine, let it kind of roll around so that I could, took a nice yoga breath without anybody knowing, nice full exhale. And I just said to him when he was done, because he, he went on for a while that why this was so his, um, mentality. And I just said, I feel differently. And I've raised both my kids very differently. I feel like we like you saying, you know, start with what you think you would like to study. And then know that like the world is your oyster, you get to play anywhere, everywhere. You know, mommy and daddy is what I tell them are not going to be paying for your room and board for the rest of your life. You know, we want you to flourish and, and be able to, you know, we want you to be able to have a career that supports your like your things that you like. My son likes really nice food. So, you know, that you have to pay a little more. Um, he loves to travel. So if you don't work for the airlines, you need to be able to pay for the airline ticket, but he happens to like working for the airlines. But, um, you know, and, and I just felt like we can, um, and I use the word play, but I don't mean play in the sense of, um, not taking it seriously. I mean, play in explore, 
in yes. a way in which that you're constantly asking, is this the best I can do? Or is there more for me to discover? You know, I call it, you know, it, it's like this unfolding mastery of who you are and what you have to offer. And for me, you know, I'd love for you to go through the different facets of how you got there. But to me, Arnie, I see you as um, changing people's lives. Like as a doctor's calling to me is changing their lives for, from the health standpoint. The things I like read in your bio and, and know about you from our last time together, I feel like you're here as a humanitarian to shift energy uh, and enlighten people in a, in a in a new way of thinking. I'm I'm glad to to hear that, and I'm really doing my best because just like what you said, I I love that you talk to that man and explain to you. No, I mean it's it's very similar in Asia. Just like what you said, it's a pattern. You're born, you go to school, high school, college, you graduate, you find a job, and they will really do their best to encourage you to get. Like if you studied nursing, you have to be a nurse. If you studied engineering, you have to be an engineer. If you studied education, you have to be a teacher. It seems like your world, again, you are in that box. Small. The box yeah. of expectations of others, not the box of your own expectations. Sometimes you don't even know what the box is all about. <laughs> and you know what? It, boxes are not fashionable. So coming from a fashion background, it's like, wait, no, you could you, you could put your you know, the clothing that you're giving away and donating in a box, but like other than that, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that, that's why I I love to hear that people like exploring their careers. Yes. And every time I meet people who are like an engineer and they are teachers or nurses who are doing something else like customer service, I believe we are here in this world to continually explore yeah. What talents do we have, the potentials that we have in order to contribute to the world? Because I believe that we are not here just for ourselves. Right. And it has been proven again and again and again with researches and experiments. That as we grow older, the more we really want to help and contribute, not just for other people, but for the whole world. Mm -hmm. I think that's the true sense of being happy and successful in this world. At the young age, of course, everyone thinks I want to have money, I want to have a big house, I want to drive a nice car and things like that. But as you grow older, you seek something that is higher than that. Yes. More meaningful. You find your purpose. And those people who have been like working with different careers with what they studied when they're in college, I believe they were able to find who they truly are. Yeah. Yeah. And that's important for me. It's so important. And I love the way you say that, you know, um, I like nice things because I, I see them as beautiful. And for me, beauty fuels me. So if I go to a beautiful park and the flowers are blooming and the, you know, it's manicured, it's clean. I, uh, I feel inspired. You know, if I go to an art museum and I see beautiful uh, paintings or uh, I like glass. So pieces of glass. I, um, 
you know, I'm fascinated. Um, like I'm thinking of uh, the church in Barcelona, um, Gaudi, you know, like it, it's fascinating that they're still building this. Like how did he, how was he able to sketch and draw and leave all this information that he knew it would take, you know, a hundred like, more years for them to build this. And I walked through it and, you know, like you're just standing there and going, this is why I'm alive. You know what I mean? And you think about the people who, like you're saying, it is more, I love, I wrote that down, you know, um, we're here for more than ourselves. And that is um, such a beautiful thing that you're able to give that a voice. And, um, and obviously not just you give it a voice. I believe you live it and you're a living example of it, Arnie. And that is, uh, just, it's, it's so refreshing, you know, because I think that life can change so quickly and the house and the car and the, you know, those things when, when, like when Mark was deathly ill, those things didn't matter anymore. You know what I mean? Like they really didn't matter. It was, it was figuring out is someone going to die so he could live and get their kidney and liver. And I hate to put it that blunt, but that's what life became. And is he going to stay alive and healthy enough to receive organs? Because every day he was declining. And um, so to know that we're here for a bigger purpose uh, is, um, is, is just amazing. So I'm going to ask you open-endedly, what else do you want to add to that? Because I don't even know how to add, uh, direct you with a question because I don't want to put you in a, into a box or a path that I need you to go down. Um, those of you who are here with us today, I want you to understand that Arnie and I agreed, uh, as we did last time, to speak freely and just let the conversation go. We knew where we were starting. It wasn't like <laughs> we just started and said, Hey, I'm going to ask you a question and we're going to, you're not, you have no uh, 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 knowledge of where we're going to go. We did have an agreement of what we wanted to start with. But from there, this conversation is simply us exploring each other the way I think both of us work uh, with clients and uh, I want to say even with friends, right? With yeah. with friends, they're like, yes. oh, I don't know where Arnie's going to take me today, but I'm going <laughs> to learn something new about him and me. And I think it's very important for me. Conversations are about creating beauty because it it I learned something um, very deep about you. And, and likewise, I feel like you're learning about me. And that is a fuel that takes, you're getting ready to probably, you know, maybe go out for the night because it's very late by you, but I'm getting ready to start my day. So it's going to fuel me through the day, you know, and I want to encourage everyone to have conversations that are deeper and that ask these questions like, Arnie, what makes you feel that way? I know that I agree with you that I feel like we're here for something greater and more powerful. And I know that some people don't feel it. Some people don't feel it yet. Other people may never have the gift of feeling it. Uh, life may end uh, too soon. So um, Arnie, take it away, wherever you want to go with, with, you know, this. I want to add, actually, Gina, it's probably 
your listeners or the people who are listening to us right now are thinking that how can we do that? How can we explore? For me, you just have to be open. Open yes. to what is about to come. You don't have to test all the time and because there is self-doubt that is happening all the time and it happened to me. I'm not saying I live a perfect life that this opportunity came and I said, wow, I embrace it and I know it's going to be it's going to be something productive and beautiful for my life. It's not like that. Of course, I lay, I learned that through the years. And what I've learned is that you just have to be open, yes. open to learn, open to accept, and open to yes. embrace what opportunities are available for you. Just like what happened, who would have thought that someone who started, who dreamt of being a doctor, medical doctor, became a nurse, and then a midwife, and then a clinical instructor, and then from the Philippines, and then came here to Thailand, started as a kindergarten teacher. Can you imagine? Gina, I started my career here teaching kids of around three years old to four years old, and then became an English teacher, then an HR professional, and then became a consultant, and then now doing also sexuality coaching and consulting, and doing this like public speaking, which I consider myself a shy person. Can you imagine someone who is shy? So now it's very funny because you're the you're the second or the third person I've interviewed who also has a podcast who told me they consider themselves shy, and <laughs> so I must not have the right um, definition of shy in my head because I think <laughs> of somebody who is shy is probably not going to speak so openly. And definitely not going to speak into a microphone <laughs> around the world or it, in front of this, the audience in live, uh, you know. So that's so I am very much, I'm going to um, Google, what does the word shy mean? <laughs> because clearly I have the wrong definition because I would not ever have used that word in a sentence to describe you. But, um, so that is very thank you for the good belly chuckle this morning I needed that <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> so that's what I really want to share to, to your listeners and to those who are listening be open because but when you're open to that it doesn't mean you just open and then wait you have to do something like for example when I became an English teacher I did everything to make myself qualified yes I learned, I read books, I asked people. Because it's not, I'm not saying that be open and then just do it just like that. It's not like that. I did everything. I changed my career from one to another. But I did my best to be qualified. Yes. And I did my best. I didn't say I tried my best. I did my best to yes. be qualified and at the same time to contribute to what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not because when you try, probably you're not successful. I consider myself a successful HR. Who would have thought someone who didn't have any HR background in the education became an HR consultant? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No background in teaching, but became a head teacher for an English language center, which used to be the biggest in Thailand. Wow. And I did that. And every time I work, I'm sharing this not because I want to tell everyone that I'm Fabulous, I'm awesome, I'm amazing. It's not like that. I'm sharing this because it's it sounds like it's a cliche that if I can do it, you can do it. Yes. But it's that's the fact. 
Well, it's breaking that mold. And, and I love being open because uh, the, just the confining word of box and what a box looks like, it's not open. Most of the time, it's sealed with tape really well so that the package doesn't open. It doesn't break. But we have to break the mold. We have to, sometimes the box is open on one one side, right? And I have a 17-year-old cat who loves to go in open boxes. She has since she was a kitten. And we take as many pictures of her because we know we're getting to the point where, you know, uh, there are mornings where we look like, are you still breathing? You know, 17, that's <laughs> old. We've never had a cat this old. 16 was the oldest. So um, every day is a gift when she can find a box and we get a photo. But, you know, being open is is something that leaves us being vulnerable. And I like to say, uh, uh, you know, I did a, a podcast episode early in season one or two about sometimes I think us women are nervous about being vulnerable. But I do feel, Arnie, now that I'm talking with you, I think it happens with men too. Like you're 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 putting yourself out there. You're trying something new and people I think are watching you, right? They're like, what's Arnie up to next? I don't know. Is he gonna be <laughs> successful? I mean, they're still waiting for you to like maybe fall right and they should know better because they've seen you transition transition transform transcend these are all words that I like to think of that make us um you know closer to who we are you know who we are at that stage or at that place in our lives given what we've had to experience right um you know as long as we're young and healthy and moving and you know, when I, when, when Mark was ill, I was transforming in a different way, seeing different sides of me that I didn't know I had, uh, not because I wanted to, but because life changed and, and I was called to be an advocate and advocate for his health and, and be loud when I was doing it because people weren't taking me seriously. What do you mean your intuition's telling you that something's wrong? I was like, <laughs> blood work. And they would, they did blood work and they'd be like, oh, she's right. You know what I mean? You're like, I live with this man. I've been married to him for 10 years. I wake up with him. I go to sleep and I know what, you know, all of a sudden I'm, I'm watching and things are like quickly unraveling for him. And I think that you know, I had to be vulnerable and stand up to the doctors, which, you know, like, you know, are very admired and so forth. And I was not a doctor. I was not a nurse. I had no medical, um, but I chose to be vulnerable. And you get some, I want to say bumps, bruises, <laughs> you know, like you need a couple of band-aids. So how would you describe like being vulnerable, you know, that sense of what it could be like for you as a man and what you see in your clients. Actually, I, I love that you mentioned that being vulnerable because a lot of people, they consider vulnerability as a weakness. Yes. They don't see it as a strength. They don't see it as an opportunity to connect with other people. Right. Because vulnerability allows you to have that strong connection, a deeper connection with other people. Absolutely. I believe it's one of the ways 
that you can have a better open and harmonious relationship with people once they see your vulnerability. Oh, and I agree. And and when we say people, uh, you know, it's anybody. It yes. could be your neighbor. It could be someone you're in a, you know, in a marriage with or a rom- romantic relationship, but it could be a neighbor. It could be the person at the grocery store. And that's the, um, you know, that's the beauty of being open and vulnerable is the depth that we then experience in life, which is what I talk about as filling me up like this conversation with you, Arnie. I agree. And I didn't mean to interject, but I was getting excited. (laughs) (laughs) I can see the energy. I said that because I've met some people who at first were protecting themselves. They didn't share what they had, the story, because each one of us, we carry stories. Right. And those stories are the ones that really connect us with other people because once you hear their stories, of course, we are all different. But at the same time, once you hear their stories, you will realize that we share the same story. Yes. We have this pain that we carry in ourselves. And once you open that, people understand you more. Yeah. But if you don't share that, some people will actually judge you. By the way, this is another word that I want to explore as well. If we still have the time that judge. No, 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 definitely. Because I'm glad you brought that up because that is one that I don't know if if we explored it very much last time, but that is another, I think that's why some people are not open is the fear of being judged. The fear of being vulnerable is being weak, which I agree with you. It's not... I think somebody who shows their vulnerability is in their power and yes. that and power, not in an, not in an authoritative way where you're taking over people and a group, but you being in your essence, I was going to say in your beauty, but in your handsomeness, you know, in <laughs> being, being attractive, do you know what I'm saying? Like yes. you become more attractive when you show your vulnerabilities and allow others to experience uh, where you're at, whether it be, you know, a, a sorrow or pain, you're uncomfortable or um, concern for your future or, hey, I'm, I'm trying something new in my career and I'm exploring something and it's not always easy. I wake up some days and think, what have I gotten myself into? You know, whatever <laughs> that whatever that may, may be. But yes, let's also, so I'll let you finish and then let's make sure I'm going to write the word judgment here so that we yes. do uh, hit as, on that as, too. As I mentioned, because people will judge, we all judge. That's by nature, our brain works like that. That's they said, mm-hmm. and I've read it in different books that even within five or 10 seconds, people will judge. Yes. I believe the judgment is not the problem. The problem mm-hmm. is when you act on your judgment. Yes. You have to discern not to judge. Of course, as I said, we all judge. But seeing that person, we, we have that kind of impression. That's our brain. We, we can't help it, but that's how our brain works. But now, if people know you, mm-hmm. if you are vulnerable and happy, share. Of course, I'm not saying that you have to say everything. You, you right. have to share. Because it's not like right. that. You don't get any wrong. The, the listeners. Like that. We still have our limitations. You can share something for as long as it helps people to understand where are you coming from? Yes. Who are you? And then people will not, I believe you, 
that when you say that vulnerability is very important, you you, you showed your vulnerability when I interviewed you in my podcast, yes. and I'm showing my vulnerability now yes. as your guest. Yes. And I really encourage everyone. It's not it's not a weakness. No, it's a strength. It means you have that kind of self acceptance. Yes. If you can share that to mm-hmm. others. Well, and I think it lets you shine in a way that um, you shine from the inside, from your authenticity, from, you know, who you are, what you believe in, where your journey is, you know, where you've been, where you're going, um, what you're looking towards. And I think that I agree with you with the judgment, too. It's it is natural. It happens. Right. And I, it's hard when you have children that you're saying, I just want to tell you when you go dressed in your, it's a big thing here to wear your pajamas to school. Like it used to be, they had pajama day in like preschool where the kids could go into wear pajamas and they'd watch a movie and maybe eat popcorn or something. But now it's acceptable. And I've actually, my husband said, okay, you're upset that your daughter wore pajama bottoms to school. But um, we are in public and there's an adult wearing pajamas, you know? (laughs) And so, you know, I do wear pajamas. They're comfortable, but I don't like the way I feel in them. I wouldn't want to wear them out in public, I guess, unless I was being carted off in an ambulance, you know? And I had no choice is that I left the house in pajamas and they just were taking me straight away to the hospital. That's like the only place I could, or the morgue maybe, Um, you know, like, uh, that's not where, and I would say to the kids, you know, like, I want you to understand your teachers are going to judge you. People are going to judge you. That's not fair. They shouldn't judge, but it's, it's human. You know, people form opinions quickly. Like you said, in seconds, what the way we wear our hair, my lipstick, my eyelashes, you know, and, um, I'm okay with that. You know, I'm like, go ahead and judge me. I like to have fun. I like glamour. You know, I I like to be seen. I like to be heard. You know, <laughs> my red lipstick helps you hear me in case you <laughs> are reading lips. You know what I mean? Yes. You can see them moving up and down all the time. No, but um, it it is true. And the the thing I love what you said is, you know, not, I, I how did I, I don't know if I wrote it, but to me is not acting on it, but for me, it's not connecting with it was the word I was going to use. Cause that's kind of my thing is connecting, but acting to, and, um, and coming from a place, I think when we are open, we're more from a place of the heart than a place of the mind. Yes. And I know that when I met you last time, I w- was delighted to be across from somebody who really operates from the, the heart. And I think we stayed afterwards and, and I asked you, you know, were you born this way? How did you become? So, <laughs> do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> and yes. so, um, you know, I think when you come from your heart, you can come from a place where you're like, you know, People might judge me, but I'd rather be me and be from my heart and be authentic and transparent than be trying to keep up appearances for what somebody might judge me for or judge me believing what I should say or be. 
And I always say, even with this podcast, like there might be a word that doesn't fit. Like if I say God or your creator or the divine or the universe, I want you to pick. And if you don't like any of those words, um, sure, you can judge me, but I'd rather you not judge me. I'd rather you put the word that makes the sentence mean and hit you in the heart, you know, and, and find the word that, you know, says, oh, okay, I, uh, for me, what Gina said didn't suit me perfectly, but if I use this word, now I get like an aha moment. And that's the vulnerability that I think is important to let our heart shine and not be, so with the judgment, I, I want to use the word fear. I'd love to hear, uh, you know, your thoughts on the word fear, because I think we fear judgment and then we close up it. That's the process I see, but I'd like to hear, you know, cause we, we talk about things in different ways. We we're always in agreement, I think, <laughs> um, but I love to hear someone else's way of explaining it. And I think it's important for uh, who is listening right now that they hear it in two different voices, a female voice, a male voice, um, knowing that we're sitting in two different continents and, at, at, you know, with two different lives and um, and you with your with different words. Right. I was going to use the word connect where you say act and, yeah. you know, but to me, they become the same. You know, when you connect, you act, <laughs> you know, like for me, that's how I see it. But as a connector, I'm always looking about. So tell me about fear and how you see that plays out or what, however, anything you want to tell me about that four letter F word that I say, I don't like. <laughs> I always hear because I'm in public speaking and I'm sure you also read and heard about people who prefer to die than to speak publicly, <laughs> <laughs> which I wrote in my book. I don't believe so between a coffee and a microphone. Right. <laughs> you choose the coffee, not the microphone. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I don't like boxes. So the microphone is much nicer. I think it's like an accessory, like a bracelet. You know, it's fashionable. <laughs> the coffin, not so fashionable. It's confining. Correct. That's right. So in public speaking, it's more of a bracelet. A lot of people are always like sharing their fears, telling and talking about fears. Every time I do workshops or I talk to people, I coach people about public speaking, they always say, oh, Anya, I have fears. I have fears. And once I ask them, what is it? What specifically you fear about public speaking? Because you can only, because you will hear people saying, conquer your fear. In public speaking, right. conquer your fear. And I always ask these people, and what is the fear that you are conquering? <laughs> they, they cannot even specify. I said, you cannot manage that unless you know where is the fear coming from. Right, because fear is not the opposite of confidence. Because some right. people in, in public speaking, if you want to be confident, you should not have that fear. Fear is the, it's not the opposite. And for me, you have to know where is it coming from. What is your fear? Is it fear of social anxiety? Yeah. Is it fear of being judged? Is it fear of being not enough? Is it what is the fear? Then you can manage that. Because if you have the social anxiety. Then we will manage that in order for you to, to get rid of social anxiety. If you have fear right. of not being enough, then probably I have, we will have some affirmation and let's discuss that 
public speaking is not about you, it's about the public. So I'm just giving you the, the context of public speaking because this is the most common fear of people. They don't want to speak publicly. And of course, we have all fears, like just like we go back to having a new career, I'm a nurse, how come I'm, do, I'm a teacher, and those kind of fears. I believe that fears, and this is, for me, I proved it in my life, that those fears never happen. Right. Our fears never happen. And they're so far-fetched at times, right? You're like, how many things would have to happen at the same time for that to really happen? You know what I mean? Like, yes. There would be like so many events that would have to take place in order for that, whatever it be, to really come to fruition and the likely, I'm a math person. I love like, you know, ratios and percentages. And <laughs> I just, I, yeah, I love numbers, always have, you know. So I tease my kids, well, mommy's great at math. You need to get an A plus, you know. Why did you only get a 98? You should have had 105. There was a hundred <laughs> points, but you should have, I like to tease them. But, you know, so for me, it's, it's, what is the likelihood? What are the statistics that that could actually happen to you? You know, and if it did, it would probably be, go viral as a YouTube, right? You know, so you'd be famous right. in a different way. No, yes. but um, it is about where is that fear coming from? It, and 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 I don't like the word conquer your fears because I am not a warrior. I'm not here to fight anybody. I'm here to love people and show other people how to love life, how to love communicating, how to love being vulnerable and being open and how to love your careers. And you don't have to stop at one. You can be play and experience all the ones you want, as long as you're paying your own bills and not yes. my house, <laughs> right? You know, uh, you yes. go, go on, go for it and, and really do that. So I, I love that. Cause that is definitely, um, it's funny. I'm laughing because I recently, uh, confessed, I forgot who it was that when I was in college, we had to take X and even though I was studying fashion to be a department store buyer, I couldn't understand why, but we had to take English classes. Okay. Uh, there was English for business, English for whatever. Then there was some really boring English classes that I was like, why are we reading Shakespeare? What does this, like, <laughs> you want to go over the clothing that they were wearing? Great. But why? Are we... And so um, it got to a point where once you got enough credits in English, uh, you know, the, the mandatory classes, you got to choose. So I was like, oh, sign me up. I signed up for every public speaking class. Because wow. I was like, this is, this is me. Give me a microphone. I'm not <laughs> fond about the podium because my, my fear about public speaking is I'm going to knock the podium over and like <laughs> onto it, you know, like lean onto it. So I'd rather not have one than I don't have to manage, you know, did I knock it over? Did I knock the mic off? The That's my fear of public speaking. That and maybe like my my dress coming unzipped or, you know, like something like <laughs> a fashion faux pas. But, um, it, you know, it was fun for me because I felt I'd rather research. We had to 
bring topics to the microphone um, and then give it a voice, then sit at a desk. And back then we didn't have, everybody had a computer. We had um, typewriters wow. <laughs> that were, that were um, word, word processing typewriters. You know what I mean? Like they were a yes. little bit better than what my parents had, but not really very friendly to someone like me who didn't really know how to type well. So I had a lot of white out when I turned my papers in. So for me, I saved a lot of money on not having to buy whiteout when I took these public speaking classes. And I saved money on paper because I didn't have to buy reams of paper. I think what is your fear in public speaking is the fear of not having enough time to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is perfect. You are correct, Arnie. That's true. Like the ringer is going to go off. Time up next. (laughs) I didn't say no, I'm not. I'm not done here. <laughs> yes, I'm not done. But uh, there's more to say. But the, it's true. When we confront those fears, and um, I think, and we find our place to be open from our heart and vulnerable to give a voice. And I would like to say, if we start with just one person that we feel like we can trust, um, and then explore, I think it's all about exploring. Um, you know, have one conversation where you can be open and vulnerable and see where that goes. Try it for, yeah. I always say I have a, a one minute um, timer on my desk, an hourglass, you know, like try it wow. for one minute and, and just say, Ernie, can you try something with me? I'm going to tell you something I wouldn't tell most people, you know, and you only have 60 seconds. It goes fast. And, and then if you, do it over and over before you know it, you're not looking at the timer in 10 minutes or an hour, or you've shared with three people. And I'm guessing with your, um, uh, I don't think it's called sexual coaching. What do you, what is it called? Sexuality so, uh, It can be sex coaching and consulting or sexuality coaching and consulting. Sexuality. Yes. You know, I'm guessing that's a big, um, is that a big factor for you? People being able to open up and be vulnerable yeah actually this is but before i forget the exploring part gina i just want to add that please be open to exploration but at the same time there is a learning with exploration you don't just keep on exploring but you're not learning right as more then learn something then probably it's like you learn "Ah, okay this is not for me then you keep on exploring and then this one and then you learn out of it i just want to add explore and learn at the same time and I think it for me again it goes back to connecting what feels right yeah because that's that's all of that like if something you explore something and it didn't feel right like I suggested talking to one person maybe that wasn't the right person you know try or go you know yes I love it the sexuality part Gina is actually it's not new because I I used to work as a nurse midwife in the Philippines and focusing on maternal and child care with, and I also worked with family planning and sexual transmitted diseases when I worked in the Philippines as a clinical instructor. It's not a big move, but it's something that people really find, just like what you said earlier, don't talk about politics, religion, and sex. <laughs> and it's something, a subject that most people, they don't want to talk about. And I always add, you don't want to talk about it because you don't know anything about it 
Right. That when you when you hear the word sex, only intercourse. That's it. That's the end of the the oh, topic okay. of sex. But right. it's more than that. It's more than that. And especially in Asia, it's not easy to talk about this. Mm. It's something that, as they say, it's a taboo. I said it's not taboo. It's to be, to be discussed. I like change, that. Yeah, change the word taboo to become to be, to be yeah. discussed. Mm-hmm. Because nowadays, a lot of kids, they don't know what they're doing. Right. That the teenage become pregnant or women at a very young age or boys or becoming a father at a very young age. They don't know what they're doing. How can, for me, you can only share or give something that you have. Yeah. I don't think, like, for example, you cannot be kind to others if you're not kind to yourself. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Be patient, yeah, to other people if you are not even patient to yourself. So it's the same thing. So these insects, a lot of things to be learned because we are given misinformation mm-hmm. and not enough information. We didn't have the platform. We didn't have the time. We didn't have the people. Even our parents, they don't know about it. That's mm-hmm. why they don't want to talk about it. I right. believe parents are the ones who should learn first. <laughs> yes. But they can, for me, it's, it should be something just like, What's your breakfast today? Yeah. I, I hope that time will come where people will talk about sex and sexuality. Just like asking people like, what did you have for breakfast? Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that people will talk about, did you have sex? Did right. you give something? You know, it's not something like that. What I meant is that openly yeah. about, is it is it okay to have sex at my age? Something yeah. like that. Right. Someone, you know what I mean? Something that can, can ask mom, yeah. is it okay? to have sex on my first day is that okay something like that i'm not expecting like really big at least up to that level yes i believe people will will be happier because a lot of mental disorders or illnesses are actually because of the sex part yeah yeah i love that and it's true. I mean, you're not going to say, hey, at the, you know, restaurant, tell me about your sex life. But to be able to speak frankly and openly with your child and be able to have a discussion like, no, I that's not what I would like for you on your first date or, yes. you know, and I mean, everybody has a different. Uh, well, that's how I feel. But, you know, everybody could have different uh, ways of thinking and seeing, but being able to discuss is um and being able to come get information from a good source versus uh you know people their age right an adult who who loves and and um a parent right who loves and and has been nurturing them and understands them and explains hey you know there's a lot that comes with that choice uh that um i don't know that you're old enough to understand or want to understand at this age you know um my husband as a family doctor when we were newlyweds and and dating and engaged was delivering um babies to 13 14 and 15 year olds imagine that imagine who had grandma was 30 great grandma was 45 and wow. great, great grandma was alive and driving to the hospital so this was uh, because they donated hours to the free clinic there and uh with that you know and i said well okay one blessing come here honey one blessing is that 
um, they get to know all their generations of grandparents, great grandparents, you know, I (laughs) have that. I didn't have that. But in the same time, my heart went out, Arnie, because it was like at 13, 14 and 15, that was so far from like anything I ever dreamt of, you know, for me, it was like, which friend am I going to see this weekend? And what are we going to do? You know, like, are we going to go to her house? Is she going to come to my house? Is her mom going to cook us dinner? Her mom makes the best, you know, like it was such a, a um, you know, I couldn't fathom because, you know, especially when I gave birth to our son, like how does a 13 or 14 or 15 year old go through that nine months of pregnant, you know, 40 weeks a delivery, like, and then feeding the responsibility. Body. Yes. You know? Can you imagine actually every time I hear oh. like the kids, boys and girls and all the other sexual orientations out there doing yes. that thing and it made me think like when I was at that age, what was I, what was I was doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You were getting ready to be a doctor. <laughs> some high expectations and you knew you were going to be delivering babies you didn't need one yourself at yeah. that age right that's yes. right yes um so arnie it's always a pleasure to um meet with you and talk with you i was wondering if we could do two more things quickly one if you don't mind this was something i didn't even mention to you but i'd love to put, pull a card from my um deck of opening to possibilities cards And, you know, you'll tell me when to stop and then I'll pull the card, read it. And there is a statement with three questions. You could answer one question that you like or two or three or whatever. That's exciting. Yes. yes. And then at the end, and you can tell I I would not have a good career at Vegas because I don't shuffle cards very well. (laughs) um, They would fire me. I don't even think I'm trainable. I love when people go, whoosh. But the, I <laughs> with the sound, yeah, I'll just make the sound. <laughs> so, um, anyway, the other thing I'd love at the after that, if you could leave us with, you know, uh, you've given us so much awesome advice, information, and I would, I don't, I don't even think advice is a, a powerful enough word for me. It's you've given us. Um, lessons from your heart from your life that I feel like is your calling um and uh so advice is is not a powerful enough word there's no one word that I could give but your honesty transparency and your brilliance of uh as a human being who knows he's here as what I believe as an uh, energy shifter, change maker, mover shaker, you pick the word that you like. And I, <laughs> I yes, love all of them. <laughs> yes, I do too. I, I thought you might enjoy my words, but uh, we share them in common. But I salute you to all the things you do in this amazing world. And for me, when I look over your resume and I read your very short bio that I read this morning, doesn't do it justice but the fact that you are out there and being vulnerable and being honest to say it's not always easy yeah fear does pop into our heads when we wake up in the morning and we have to move and shift through that 
And, and when you do and give the voice that you do in public speaking and in all the avenues, and I love the fact that you worked with kindergartners. I could never have done it. I've done very few things with kids. Mm-hmm. I did um, paddleboard yoga over summer camp wow. with them and it was so much fun but I found out they have a very short attention span so I think, <laughs> I, had, I think I had 45 minutes with them and after you know like 20 they were like what are we doing now and I was <laughs> like oh the same thing like hold on you know like I didn't have a clown bag to pull out more things and I just looked at the you know the camp counselor like oh my gosh they're like very Yes. I don't move as fast as that. So you could see I would have been fired. So I'm just going to, you tell me when to stop and I'll just pull. Stop. Okay. So it's multifaceted, which I think definitely (laughs) describes you. It's very funny. I just started using the cards and every time I've done them, when the person says stop, it is so spot on. So you're a multifaceted radiant soul. And it, it, I couldn't have picked that for a better uh, guest. Arnie, you definitely are. You are a multifaceted radiant soul. So these are the three questions. What are the different sides of you? Uh, what are the different sides you like most about you? Why? Or how do others perceive you? And you can choose which one you want to. I can answer both, but I, I would like to answer the second question. Yeah. What? How do people perceive me? A lot of people perceive me as a humorous, funny Say person. As a humorous person. Yes. Yeah. Funny. They always tell me, Annie, you're funny. But for me, it, because I never been... In the speech contest, there's one part that's called the humorous speech contest. And I never participated in that contest. If you ask me to be funny intentionally, I don't think I can do it. Right. I agree. It's hard. I just want it to be natural. I just want it to be spontaneous. And most people, they perceive me as a funny person. But for the after pandemic, a lot of people were telling me that Annie, you're a generous person. You always share your time. Yes. Because I did a lot of free online courses, especially mm-hmm. during COVID. Because I even shared that in the World Speech Day two days, no, two days ago mm-hmm. about that what I did during pandemic. Because I was thinking that I didn't want to say that we were stuck at home. Right. Actually, we're not stuck at home. We stay at home. Because there's a difference. That's a mind shift. When you say I'm stuck at home during the pandemic, I say, please don't say that you're stuck at home. You just say you stay at home or you're safe at home. Right. Because you get a different attitude. Yes. Because when you're stuck, you're not happy. But you say, oh, I'm safe at home. That's a totally different mindset. So people perceive me as someone who is generous because I, and I always love sharing what I know. Yes. Always share. And it's, I don't, what would I say? It's a very spontaneous way of doing it. I don't like, come on, sit here and I'm going to teach you how to do it. For me, when, when I talk to people and then I, they open up to me and I tell them, I give them bits and pieces of what I've experienced in life and they appreciate that. And then I love that. Yes. And that, I love that about you. And um, I think I agree with you for myself personally. It's hard to be humorous. I couldn't come out and tell jokes. Um 
I, I barely remember jokes. And if I try to remember them, I usually goof them up. But for me, I think that when you are truly who you are, uh, your truest self and you express yourself outwardly because you have so much joy within you, you know, uh, uh, for me, I wouldn't have used the word humorous. I would use, you know, exudes joy or bliss in its that. highest radiant form. And so it's funny, multifaceted came out. It, first of all, I love Gerber daisies. And so that's um, really nice. This is one of my favorites. You know, I designed these cards, but this is one of my favorite images in the tin. And multifaceted to me is like a diamond. And I do see you as the diamond because diamonds, well, now they can make them in a lab, right? But it's still, it still takes some time. But the pressure that it takes for that coal to be forced and pressed in, in a natural way is the way we live life, right? And to become multifaceted, you have to explore, you have to play, you have to be open and vulnerable and get out of the box and try new things. And so you definitely got the word, I, uh, you know, humorous, yes, but for me, it's, it's from your joyfulness of living and experiencing life. And I don't want to say as a child, meaning like uh, immature, but childlike in its beauty of, of, um, give me a minute. I forgot the word I was going to use. Innocence, right? Cause you're not coming in and saying, I want this to happen on this day and I'm going to win this award as the, you know, <laughs> like, sure you have goals and stuff, but you're open to what comes. And so it's been such an honor and pleasure, but what would you like to, ex um, to leave us with today because you've given us so much generous uh, information. Is there one more thought or three or five, whatever that may be? The question in your card, one of the question I remember is, what do I like about myself? What, what side of me that I like? Yeah. If there's one thing that I really like about myself is, is being a lifelong learner. Mm. And I always tell people that you should be able to learn. Because learning makes you a better person. Learning, it's not, it doesn't mean that you have to be in a class. It doesn't mean to have you have attend a workshop or a seminar. It doesn't mean like that. Because we can find lessons outside of the class. Yes. Outside of the workshops. Life lessons that can make you strong, can make you better, and can transform yourself. And if there is something that I want to leave for the audience, is this the quote that I made myself. I always tell people that learning is very important. And if there's something that you, I want you to remember from this is that we all learn. Mm -hmm. But learning without action is just information. Yes. Learning <laughs> is transformation. Right. I hope that you learn and transform yourselves because we are here to learn and develop ourselves. Continue to develop, continue to transform because one day, you will know that there are people that you have touched them through the learning process and they will give you back something that will make you smile, that will make you happy, and that one day you will say, I lived. Yes. Beautiful. I, in yoga, we were always taught that 
if you're not learning, then why are you alive? There's like no reason for you to wake up tomorrow. And yes. I want to add to that because I think that um, you would agree that the learning doesn't have to be you reading books. It could be you learning more, like we were talking about, uh, about yourself and doing all the things that Arnie has done in what I can't wait when we hang up. I'm going to ask him how old he is. No, I'm teasing. But, you know, um, it, it the learning sometimes is not what we did in first grade where we were reading from books and books and books and books and books without action. Right. That's collecting is what I call it. It's like a scavenger hunt. And you got all this stuff and you're doing nothing with it. And so uh, I love that because I'm all about transformation. So Arnie, you are a great delight. It is my great pleasure to call you a friend, to be walking on this earth at the same time as you, to be around the world from you and hopefully one day in each other's presence. I don't know where, but it happen. Um, I know it will. Uh, there was someone in Spain, she said, I'm already manifesting it. So I've been manifesting it since I met you. I'm not sure where we'll meet in person, but I'm giving, sending you a big hug. I appreciate your honesty, your transparency, your voice, um, and your willingness to be flexible and open and vulnerable and really experience life in the way that you do that brings so much joy to everybody who hears your voice sees your smile or is in your presence, whether it be via YouTube or literally across from you. So till next time, everyone, please be exquisite.